You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Our second scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Let us continue to listen for God's word. Then Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O gracious and loving God, quiet our hearts and still our minds so that we may be open to the presence of your spirit. Help us to hear what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And going with the theme of pace, I considered the idea of talking really slowly (laughs) for the whole sermon, but I won't do that to you. Um, So last month, I spent a few days in Arizona with a clergy friend of mine who moved out there last year from Spartanburg. And during my time there, one of our goals together was to explore and marvel at God's creation. And it's easy to do in Arizona. It's so beautiful. And on the first full day, she took me to the Desert Museum in Tucson, which is like a zoo and a botanical garden and a museum, kind of all wrapped up in one. And there was one particularly memorable exhibit as we're in this museum. And you walk through this cave structure. And as you walk through, you see these different 3D models of Earth, and you see how the planet has, sh- has shifted and changed throughout history. And I'm not typically somebody who gets super nerdy about science, but I'm going to be a little bit today, so bear with me. And so as we were walking through this exhibit, they, they showed the timeline of Earth. And according to scientists, the Earth was formed from dust left over from the sun about 4.6 billion years ago, which is more zeros than I can keep track of. And so water vapor was released from volcanoes to form the first oceans about 4.4 billion years ago. And then about half a billion, so like 500 million years later, the first form of life appeared as a single cell organism. And then oxygen didn't even exist until another two billion years later. And scientists have determined that the first animals existed about 700 million years ago, with fish being some of the first. And then 400 million years ago, the first plants moved from water to land, and then various types of living creatures came after that. And so to give you the Cliff Notes version, Flash forward hundreds of millions of years later, and the first humans were believed to have evolved about 130,000 years ago. And so to recap, we just went from about 4.5 billion years back to about 130,000 years back. And 
if your head is spinning a little bit right now, you're not alone because those numbers are just kind of too massive for us to really wrap our minds around. And so anyways, we're walking through this exhibit and kind of seeing all of this on the maps and the way that Earth has evolved over these billions of years. And not just the creatures, but also seeing how the ocean landscapes changed and the continents formed. These massive, massive changes, but really, really slowly. And my friend Erin looked at me, and all that she was able to say was she said, wow, God sure is patient. And so as John Daniel said, our Godspeed video and our Godspeed theme this week of pace reminds us that God does nothing quickly. And all throughout nature and scripture, we see evidence of God's patience and care for all of creation. Just a few weeks ago on Trinity Sunday, Psalm 8 was one of the passages that we read in worship where the psalmist proclaims, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? And then later in Psalm 139, the psalmist addresses God and says, for it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you and I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. The work of your fingers, you knit me together, intricately woven. These images paint a vivid picture of how meticulously and lovingly God attends to every single detail of creation. And anyone who knits or crochets, unfortunately I can do neither of those, or anyone who has ever attempted any kind of sewing, for that matter, can start to grasp just how patient God really is. And then the scripture passage that maybe makes this most apparent is the story of creation in Genesis. As John Daniel told the children that God had the power to call everything into being instantly and all at once, but instead chose to take the time to intimately craft each piece of creation at a time. It's fascinating to me to look over the Earth's timeline from a scientific point of view and to see that everything more or less happens in the same sequence as we hear in the creation story in Genesis. There's no real conflict there if we consider that a day wasn't limited to this 24-hour period that we think of now. That these seven days literally could have been millions or billions of years long. Because God is patient, and God was not in a hurry. And then after all of that activity of creating, God makes time to rest and delight in what God has made. 
part of God's pace was to pause and just to take it all in. Now in contrast, think about our current pace at which most of us live our lives. When I was studying abroad in Vienna in college, I had the opportunity to do a teaching internship with a high school English class. And they were particularly interested in learning more about American culture. And so as part of my presentation, I was you know, trying to figure out creative ways to engage them. So I shared with them this song that I came across that's entitled A Day in the Life of America by Ronnie Millsap. Anyone know this song? Okay, I didn't think I really knew it till this. And so I'm not gonna sing, I'm not going to sing it for you, but I'll read you some of the lyrics. It says, we wake up each morning and start every day with coffee, espresso, and grande, grande lattes, race into traffic and curse while we wait, mad at the world for making us late. We punch in, then lunch in, then punch out again, rush home to clean up the messes we've left, microwave dinner, then put it to bed, tomorrow we'll do it all over again. That's just a day, a day in the life of America. That's just the way that we live our lives in America. Each night is the same as the evening before. Check all your emails and lock all your doors. Half hour break on a workout machine while surfing a 200 channel TV. Then comes the weekend, the time we like best. One day for catch up, the other for rest. But how can we rest when we're so far behind? An hour for God is all we can find. Now I'm not saying that this one country song from 2006 is a full picture of American culture, but don't some of its lyrics still feel eerily accurate? We are not generally patient people. And I myself am very guilty of being impatient most of the time. And our culture doesn't really tell us to be any different. We have been taught to value busyness. We wear exhaustion as a status symbol and hold productivity and efficiency as some of our top values. God set aside one-seventh of time for rest. And so why is it that we can barely give ourselves a few hours? And then later, God found value in coming to earth as a human being, painstakingly slowly growing from a newborn to a child to an adult, growing in wisdom and in years, as Luke says, at the same human pace as the rest of us. So why then are we in such a hurry to try to go at superhuman speed? Now, coincidentally, even before we be decided to do this Godspeed series, I had been spending a fair amount of time reading and reflecting on Sabbath. And one pastor and author that I've been reading, his name is Peter Scazzaro, puts in words so beautifully one reason why he thinks that we are so bad at slowing down. He says, Sabbath can be terrifying because doing nothing productive leaves us feeling vulnerable. 
We may feel emotional exposure and nakedness before God and others. Overworking hides these feelings of inadequacy or worthlessness, not just from others, but also from ourselves. As long as we can keep busy, we can outrun that internal voice that says things like, I am never good enough. I'm never safe enough. I'm never perfect enough. I'm never extraordinary enough. I'm never successful enough. Do you recognize that voice? I don't know about you, but I read that and it hits uncomfortably close to home for me. How did we get so far from that example that God sets for us to rest, to delight, and to rejoice in just being? And how do we learn to set a pace that is more like God's pace? I go back to that final day of creation in Genesis, where God not only rests, but he blesses that time as sacred. God makes that time an extension of recognizing that all that God has made was very good. The rest wasn't just an afterthought, like a, ooh, it's nice to finally be done with that, or this like mandatory rest from exhaustion, but rather it's an intentional pause to appreciate and joyfully celebrate everything that was created. Without those pauses, we lose the opportunities to connect with our creator. We lose those opportunities to be in relationship with this God who has given us our very lives. And without that, we can start to think that we know better than God does. In the height of COVID, when we were all working from home for months and most of our programming wasn't able to take place, the prayer that I wrote and placed on my desk so that I could see it every day was loving God, remind me that I am loved not because of what I do, but because of who I am. I am yours. Following Jesus offers us an alternative for worthiness that is not about how successful we are or how packed our schedules might be or about how many things we can get checked off our to-do list. This pace that includes Sabbath is not so that we can attempt to recover from exhaustion but rather it allows us time and space to stop, to rest, to delight, and to reflect on God's goodness. Sabbath puts back into focus what really matters, that even when we do nothing productive, we are utterly loved. Imagine the freedom that would come if we could trust that God's timing is not our timing, that God's pace is not our pace, but that God is in control. We are loved not because of what we do, but because of who we are. May we slow down enough to let those truths sink into our souls and reflect out into our lives. May it be so.
Amen.